You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 161 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. Jay. Hello. And Andy. Hello, hello, hello. So we are recording this week's podcast hot on the heels of Warhammer Day, which was this last Saturday just gone. And we had quite an interesting preview to watch, uh, which we're going to be discussing in detail later on in the show. Uh, We're also going to be picking out our top three mentions uh, as part of that discussion um, on, on what we on what we saw, uh, which was some pretty cool stuff. And um, we've also got our community top three uh, towards the end of the show. And we've also got all of the latest news um, outside of the stream. Before we delve into all of that, though, you also you also got Kill Team Chalneth, Dave. Yes, we also have Kill Team Chalneth uh, to chat about a little bit later on in the show. But before we get stuck into all of that, let's talk about what we've been doing in the hobby this week. So, Matt, what have you been up to in the hobby this week? So I have been painting orcs, batch painting orcs, ready for the one day Purple Sparkly Unicorns event. Um, We've got, what, less than a week left? I I think I can probably do it. The Squeak Hog Boys are pretty much done. Um, I just need to paint the base. I've got sand down and everything last night because... uh, you need like three days to paint bases, really, don't you? You know, get the sand down, let that dry, get a base color down, let it dry, do some washes, let it dry, do some dry brushing. So they take a little, a few days to do that. So there's no good leaving until the very end. So that's all done. I've got base colors down on all the bee snaggers and my grots. So yeah, another couple of nights blocking in base colors, get some washes in Friday night and then Saturday, highlight them up as best I can. And then, uh, yeah, the army's ready to go then. If anybody knows how to batch paint orcs, Matt, it's you. <laughs> but yeah they're, they're looking really awesome and I, I can't wait to face that kill rig on the battlefield um it'd be good if um i come up against you or jay actually oh um, i absolutely love it when i come up against you dave because <laughs> you yeah. know it's a win because <laughs> i can psych you out dave because you absolutely <laughs> cannot lose uh, uh, I, I know a guy can make that happen <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah yeah no they're looking really really good man i'm looking forward to to seeing them in person on on sunday um jay what have you been up to um it's sort of been i've been bouncing around stuff um uh this week so it started off um black templars carrying on with the uh the the thousand points of black templars i got in front of me still working on the black highlights still quite a way to go really on them because i'm still on the black highlight stage so once that's done it's then picking out all of the details like the trim um and and, and the, the chester keelers and things like that um, then um, getting into the, the hype for the um, uh, Warhammer Day, um, I uh, started painting more Horus Heresy. So I've been working on some Imperial Fist Terminators. Um, so all the yellow is um, base shaded, highlighted, glazed. Uh, I've started working on the gold trim. So I've got a unit of um, uh, Cataphracty Terminators with the special um, Imperial Fist upgrade. They've got like, I can't remember if it's called a Vigil Storm Shield. Which is um, like the prototype Storm Shield. Um, so they're really, really cool. Uh, really nice models, but like chunking, thingy armor. Um, and then I um, picked up um, a squad of Howling Banshees uh, that I wanted to paint up and add to 
go to an event uh, later on in November. So I've got a big Eldar army already. I don't have, apart from Shining Spears, I've got no Aspect Warriors painted up. So this is the first squad, second squad, if you don't count the Shining Spears. Um, squad of Aspect Warriors to add to the to the army. Um, so I'm going for like a um, like a Wraith Ghost sort of theme for, for this army. So I've got lots of Wraith Lords, uh, Wraith, two units of Wraith Guard and Wraith Blades, some Spirit Seers. And then I thought the Howling Banshees would be a nice uh, unit to add with the, you know, the sort of spirit type um theme um through the army so i'm so i built these guys up um and i've um, i'm currently as we're uh, recording here i'm just uh, applying the um, wraith bone base coat to them all um i don't know why i never picked these models up before i don't know if anyone else any listeners have picked them up the, these came out with the psychic awakening i think they were in a box with the new incubi initially yeah, and the um i'm very surprised you never picked up that box jay no i, I don't you'd be all over that yeah and and really i am a bit kicking myself really because these um howling Bash models are really really nice so i've got i've actually got the not the 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 models that came before the metal models that came before i've got the metal models that came before that so third edition howling banshees which are they have a sort of different um style to them they're a bit taller um and i used to love them really nice but these guys these girls even um really really nice models to put together you don't get a lot of variety in the poses that's the only problem so i've had to um um cut a few arms up and bend a few things to try and make them all a bit different and they do all look different i've managed to achieve it but out of the box that they don't they don't have much variety in them so you basically build a squad of five and then the next squad of five you build will look almost identical as well uh, unless you're a bit clever with some of the um swapping some of the arms around and things like that um so yeah so i'm working on that and on top of that i've done some small touch-ups to my ultramarines army so um a unit of Victrix Honor Guard. I've been converting some um, Blade Guard veterans to be uh, represent my Victrix Honor Guard, so some helmet swaps and things like that to make them look a bit more ultramarines-y, uh, ready for the Purpley Sparkly Unicorns tournament. Um, Sunday, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, it is It is on Sunday. Um, we, we actually had a, a bit of a... I don't know if we... Did we mention this last week? I can't. No, I don't think we did. Um, we had a test game, didn't we? Yeah. Um, it was a bloody remember. affair. It was it was very very bloody. Um, so it was my Necron list as I'm going to be taking to the tournament against your Ultramarine list, which I think you've only tweaked ever so slightly. I've um, tweaked very slightly, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a really good game, Jay. Um, I, I mean, I didn't help myself by completely forgetting about you know a little thing called the primary. Um, yeah. But <laughs> um, just what cost you the game in the end? <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, I'm glad I did that then and not on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, but it was a really good game. There well, wasn't was much in the. Sorry. No, you're right. I was going to say I won only because you overlooked the primary in the first turn, really, wasn't it? You sort of moved back off the primary, which let me get that lead, and and it was only it was only those primary victory points that tipped me over the edge. Other than that, we were trading units, weren't we? So we were blowing each other apart, really. Yeah, yeah there, there wasn't, there wasn't much left at the end of the board, at the end of the game. There wasn't many like just casualties, was there? It was just no. like that unit's gone. Now that's unit's gone. Um, yeah. It was it was absolutely um, brutal, but um, a really good game, and it was a good tester for the for the tournament. So um, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, I've been trying to read up on secondaries um, oh, yeah. whilst I've been whilst I've been off to try and because I think I think um, we both like took quite a bit of time, didn't we, trying to decide secondaries at the beginning of the game. It's mainly Crusade we play. You don't have to worry about yeah. that in Crusade. So, yeah, when we were setting up, we were like, ah, you've got to pick secondaries and keep track of the secondaries. So I'm glad we did it during that game because it gives us a chance to, you know, prepare for Sunday, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So yeah, that, that, that that's actually part of my hobby. I've actually been um, a little ill uh, the past few days, so my hobby output's been quite um, low this week. But uh, I've just got the weapons to finish on my Scorpec Destroyers, and they are going to be ready for um, Sunday. I finished off my Immortals, which I think were uh, unfinished when we had a game, Jay. Yeah. Um, so I got them finished off. You did get your uh, Void Dragon completed, though. My Void Dragon, yeah, he was. He, I think he was done for last week's show, actually. Right. Um, he's completely finished. Um, really happy with um, him. Uh, he absolutely made a mess of some heavy intercessors. Although oh. he really, he had his eye on your dreadnought, but he went and you went and repositioned him, didn't you? Sneaky uh, Ultramarines have a cool stratagem you can use to redeploy three units at the uh, beginning of the first battle round. Um, mm. So yeah, obviously yeah, I could see your Void Dragon coming straight at the uh, dreadnought. So I shifted them around and put some heavy intercessors and hellblasters in the way. Like you say, you did make very short work of the heavy intercessors, um, but they're hellblasters. Using Ultramarines have got a cool stratagem that lets them fire um, Overwatch. So you can basically use your Overwatch stratagem on a unit, and then you can use um, a Ultramarines stratagem, which lets three other units Overwatch as well. Um, so you get basically two Overwatches per charge phase mm-hmm. with up to four units. So... Yeah, so the the um, Void Dragon, like all the uh, Catan, they've got that rule where they can take three wounds per phase and they heal a wound back up as well, living metal. So I knew I had to like do as much damage in each of the phases as I possibly can. I didn't have a psychic phase to do damage with him, so. But I think he lasted two and a half turns, didn't he? And like you say, he did. He did, and he had that. He's got those Catan powers as well, which did a ton of damage to me. So. I yeah, think he, he did his points back. He did do quite a bit of damage to your Dreadnought, um, which I should yes. have taken down quicker, really. Um, you took the first turn, um, so you managed to get three wounds off him in that first um, shooting phase as well. Yeah. But, um, but no, I, I thought he did do he did do quite well. Um, I had no real answer to your hellblasters. To be fair, they were just they were just yeah, so tough. Yeah, the squad of ten hellblasters in my army with the assault um, plasma um, rifles. Um, mm. Yeah, they're um, they're. Uh, They've only got regular Space Marine stats, so you can, you know, you get to them. They go down as easy as any other Space Marine, but um, they do put out the damage, especially when you can, um, especially when you can Overwatch with them as well. Um, I had the Chaplain near them, so they're plus one to hit, plus one to wound against the closest target. And there's a really cool Ultramarines relic, which I didn't take in the game against you, Dave, but I've got it in my army for um, Sunday. And it basically, at the beginning of the game, I pick a unit on your side, the enemy's unit, and every core and character unit within six inches of the bearer gets to re-roll all hits and wounds against it. So even more deadly with the um, uh, Hellbusters yeah. there. That's that's really scary. Um, so, so other than that, for me in the in the hobby, um, I've I've been putting together some more um, Death Watch. I'm really keen to do some Death Watch as soon as I can. Um, but then we've been talking about Necromunda the past couple of days, and I have actually got some Necromunda on the way in the, the shape of some Orlocks, um, some upgrades that I use the, the voucher on um, that we got from Warhammer Plus. Um, so I've actually started planning out my Necromunda board, which was part of my hobby resolutions for this year to get done. Um, so I'm leaving it a little bit late in the year, but um, I fully intend to get one completely built and painted um, pretty pretty soon because I know me and you Matt we're, we're very keen to to get a game or two on the go of this mm. so um so yeah hope to hope to get that um started next week or so um and and that's that's me really uh Andy what have you been up to 
Um, so the last week I've been building um, some grey knights. Um, I decided to do um, sort of like a thousand point uh, grey knight force because um, I've been playing my, my main 40k faction at the minute is Adeptus Custodes, which mm. obviously when we we'll talk about later, um, I'll get a new codex in a couple of months time, which is great. But I've been playing them over the last few months and not really feeling them. So I bought myself some Grey Knights um, because men, they, they've got the same sort of theme. They're like the small and elite. Um, mm. But the, the nice thing about Grey Knights is they add us um, a psychic phase and they've got more shooting. So I feel like I'm playing more parts of the game, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I built a, uh, a Nemesis Dread Knight. That's on my painting desk right now. Um, I've built two boxes of Terminators and I kitbashed a librarian from the Grandmaster Valdis um, Ballista. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so, a character. Yeah, yeah. So literally all I did was um, chopped the demon hammer off the top of it and replaced it with a Nemesis Warding Stave head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his actual helmeted, well, unhelmeted head, like his normal head, um, I just replaced it with a bear head from the Terminator kit. So it looks very different. You've still got that sort of um, leader sort of looking model because obviously he's got a cloak. He's got you know a giant um, book with the Inquisition symbol on his back and stuff like that. You know, he still looks imposing. He still looks like a leader, but he's obviously um, converted. So I've been building them um up um hoping to get some paint on them hopefully tomorrow depending on the weather the weather's not been great the last few days so you know fingers crossed um and then with harrow deep coming out a couple of weeks ago um i've been buying myself the um beast grave warbands because they're they're probably going to be sort of like disappearing soon um so i've built uh bought myself the grim watch and ripper snarl fangs oh yeah um so i've been um sort of like building them sort of like in between building gray knights and stuff um and yeah just painting or well, building up a small little underworld war band has been a nice little palette cleanser even though i haven't used a palette if that makes sense <laughs> um yeah yeah they, they go together like a dream you know obviously they're easy to build there's not a huge amount of mold lines on either of those sprues and even with the grim watch which i think has got about six or seven fighters in if memory serves mm. it still only took like 20 minutes to build it all yeah so um but yeah that that's it for me i'm I'm kind of looking at what i've got in my backlog and i was doing so well last year by clearing all my backlog and it feels like in the last month or two i've just doubled my <laughs> backlog so yeah hopefully there's there's no amazing christmas boxes coming out at, at christmas mm-hmm. and um hopefully this maggot kin um release is, is just for one model um i think if it's more than one model uh it might be a my backlog might get a lot bigger a lot quicker but yeah but that's basically what i've been up to I've just been building gray knights and uh some uh, underworld warbands Andy successfully uh, spoiling all of the Warhammer Day stream in his hobby <laughs> segment. <laughs> what can I say? I love Maggotkin. <laughs> awesome. 
Uh, that brings this opening segment of this week's podcast to a close. We've got plenty to get through, so we're going to take a pause and then we'll be right back. So, Matt, what do we have in this week's news? Well, we've got a very uh, mixed assortment of stuff for pre-order this week, it's safe to say. It does seem like this might be a random catch-up week of all the stuff that uh, has been in the, the kind of sidings waiting to get released. So the big ticket item is something that we'll probably talk about in more detail later on the show, but it is Warcry Red Harvest. This is the new starter box for Warcry. It has two brand new gangs, the Tarantulos Brood and the Dark Oath Savages, along with some amazing looking Varanite mine scenery, which looks so good. And I just want to paint this. Uh, and that's the, the full rules for Warcry and stuff. It's a little bit pricey. It's a little bit pricey, guys. Clocking in at £130. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> You do get a lot of scenery. There's a lot of scenery in that box. You do, you do, but 130 pounds is a lot compared to like Indomitus and yeah. you know Dominion, where you got a full hardback rulebook in there. Mm. So yeah, is it, I think it's a little bit on the pricey side. The scenery looks amazing. I just don't know if the price will put people off on this one. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. saw that with um, um, the latest Underworlds as well. Was a bit more expensive than previous yeah it's where they're just trying to find the sweet spot with these but you can a lot of boxes have been 105 125 tops for the the, the big boxes with big hardback rule book in there i think 130 is a little bit on the pricey side for that one it does look really cool though for blood bowl we have got spike magazine coming out and the cornate team uh these guys look amazing i am keen to play some blood bowl and uh, I want to take the school tribe slaughterers to the battlefield because it looks like they're not going to mess around playing football. They're just going to kick people in the head and then take <laughs> the schools. Uh, so, yeah, and, and basically the whole the whole range is out. We've got the team itself at £26. We've got a pitch. We've got cards. Uh, we've even got a booster pack with with alternate sculpts for your linesmen and corn gores. You've got the star players coming out alongside it. You've got the blood spawn coming out from Forge World alongside it. So it's quite good that it's all coming out in one week. Because in the past, teams have tended to be like dripped over a couple of months for all the various bits. At least now you can just buy the bits that you need for your team. I think that's a pretty good thing. Um, Yeah, these look really nice. Um, And Spike Magazine's a bit of fun as well. It's um, I don't know if you guys have picked up any Spike Magazines, but they're very kind of light-hearted i tend I to pick it up for, yeah i get it with the team so i've got the wood elf one and the um i think i've got the pro elves one as well of union one yeah so yeah pretty cool uh for necromunda we have got the corridor weapon frame we've seen this over the last few months have been releasing all the upgrade packs for the various necromunda uh gangs these these are really really good they they basically replace the resin weapon packs that they did from forge world which were really expensive compared to these i think these are 15 pounds uh you've ordered the all lock one i've got a few of the other ones for the other gangs and yeah really really good way of being able to pick up one or two boxes of gangers and having a load of different combinations of different weapon loadouts so you can build exactly the gang you want without having to spend i think it's like 28 pounds on a pack of weapons from forge world yeah. so yeah really really like these um Adeptus Titanicus, we've got some um, 
interesting stuff coming out. Now, obviously, last week we had the uh, the new book on pre-order, but I think the Iconoclast Titan was kind of delayed in the warp for whatever reason. Well, now the Warmaster Iconoclast is up for pre-order this coming weekend. £95. It's a massive Titan that punches things to death. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a shame that it missed um, last week's release, but I think there has been some delays and some stuff. I think that's probably why the Dragons are not till December as well for the Stormcast. Uh, but yeah, all good. For 40k, we've got some surprise releases as well, considering it's only a couple of weeks since the first part came out. But Warzone Octaria's Book 2, Critical Mass, is mm. on the way. So this is the second half of that Warzone Octarius storyline. And I'm kind of interested in how this plays out. Do the Imperium just decide, eh, whoever wins, we lose, Alien versus Predator style? Or do they deal with it and just nuke the entire zone? I, 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 I do hope it isn't a cop-out and and all the Orcs were killed and all the Tyranids were killed and everybody lived happily after, because that would seem a bit of a cop-out. I'd like to see one of those forces kind of win and then start encroaching on Imperium space. That's just me, though. Um, yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing that. Also alongside this is another Crusade supplement. We seem to be uh, raining Crusade supplements at the minute, which is really good for <laughs> us because it's a load of missions that we can play. This um, mentions a new um, a new way of playing, which does sound quite interesting. Treachery and honour. Now, is that maybe kind of uh, uh, Triumph and Treachery style games for 40k, maybe? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> so yeah, I think this might be a uh, a good one of um, good one for picking up because to be fair, all the Crusade supplements has been really good, and even just for a varied pool of missions that you can play, plus all the extra kind of like bonuses and upgrades that you can give your guys. We're off to the Crusade event at Warhammer World in a few weeks, and I think I'm gonna have to pour through some of these books to see if there's any cool upgrades I can give my guys during the event. Hmm good call yeah um so yeah and another thing that was um shown off in the preview show but we'll we'll talk about now really is the uh the red gobbo so a couple of years ago they did a red gobbo limited edition model it went down really well it was a reimagined version of the gork and walker red gobbo well he is back this year and he has got a squig mount called bouncer if you've seen the plush squig that we talked about last week i think that plush squig is based on bouncer the Red Gobbo Squig, and he is bouncing from house to house delivering Christmas presents everywhere he goes. <laughs> um, now, interestingly, last time they did the uh, Red Gobbo, they had a promotion where basically the Warcom team had picked their funniest tweet that went to the Red Gobbo every day, and they won like a kit of their choice. So I do mm. wonder if they'll do something like that again, because I think that was quite a popular promotion that they did. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, the model looks really cool. It is on sale from Saturday, I believe, and mm-hmm. again, it's a, the Christmas special one. So if you want it, pick it up because it's only going to be in stores for a short space of time. Now that's all the pre-order. So lots of lots of random bits up for pre-order. There's quite a lot of Forge World stuff as well that I haven't gone over. There's um, a few more Necromunda kits, a few bits and bobs coming out from them. Um, but hell potentially is frozen over. Games Workshop have got a sale on at the minute. Who'd have thought it? It's been a long time since GW have had a sale. Uh, they used to, traditionally, back when they had metal models, 
it costs more to melt them down and recast them just than just sell them off cheap where plastic can be melted down and reforged pretty uh, cheaply and easily which is why we don't tend to see those kind of sales interestingly though we've got quite a few things that have got some significant discounts on the gw website so uh diachasm and beast grave 35 pounds a piece bargain oh, wow. uh aeronautical wings of vengeance 38 pound 50 we've got a mechanica's battlefield scenery collection which is enough scenery and boards full of scenery for 40k games at 84 pounds that seems a really good price we've got a similar yeah. one for aos at 60 quid uh, we've got War Cry Catacombs for £87.50 and Dominion for £87.50. Now, oh, Wayland wow. Games Wayland Games have, have thrown down the gauntlet um, over the weekend and they actually currently have Dominion for £62, I believe. Wow. <laughs> so if you if you collect Stormcast or Cruel Boys and you want a couple of units, it may be worth picking it up for 60 quid from um from Wayland Games and selling the book because that is a crazy cheap price. Yeah, yeah that's very cheap. Uh, potentially a sign that maybe Dominion didn't sell quite as well as they uh, had hoped as well, which is a shame since it is a really well, good box. Or they just went, I mean, after Indomitus, they, they were going to churn out a lot of these. Yeah, this is true, but it's, it's very rare for Games Witch to have a sale. Very, yeah, very rare. Especially selling a £125 game for £87.50 yeah. but it's a cool thing uh, this is probably in lieu of the kind of Black Friday deals they did a couple of years ago um, yeah interestingly there's been no mention of a big Black Friday release so I don't think that's something we're going to have this year and I've got a feeling that Warcry um, Red Harvest is kind of taking that slot this year so interesting one but uh, yeah also Kings Witch are feeling very generous at the moment everything you spend on the web store you get 10% back as a gift voucher so you spend £100, you get a £10 gift voucher. Oh, so yeah, that's cool. It's some really, really cool stuff. Um, I did have some events at Warhammer World to talk about, but they all sold out. A load of tickets for yeah. January and February went up for sale yesterday and immediately sold out. They had doubles events. They had all sorts of stuff. Um, unfortunately, it was a little bit slow on the draw for those ones. But uh, yeah, there's definitely loads of stuff. And hopefully that's a sign that going into the new year, there's going to be a whole load of events at Warhammer World. I know we're keen to go to as many as we can. So uh, we'll certainly be refreshing the site for those go up. And finally, Friday nights at um, Warhammer World, they've also got um, Warhammer Underworld's Rivals tournament nights on. So it's a, a one-night event, starts at six and runs till about ten. Uh, five pound a ticket, and you play through a Warcry tournament. Not Warcry, Warhammer Underworlds tournament. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Just so, like, yeah. Oh, right. If it were a random free Friday, I might give that a go because that sounds quite fun. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Excellent. Um, quite a bit of stuff in there, and the uh, it is a random assortment of um, releases <laughs> for uh, for this coming weekend. Um, yeah, I tell you what I did is. pick up on, which I really, which I, which I really liked, and I did think of you, Matt. The red gobbo is going to come with power level points and rules for 40k, <laughs> and I was like, it's it, 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 he's finally your 40k character year. Your, well, uh, the red gobbo, the red gobbo did, the red gobbo did for the previous release, but it was a uh, legends rules. Ah, uh, right. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, excellent stuff. Um, that brings to a close all of this week's news. In a slight change of uh, order, we're actually going to be jumping into our top three next, so we'll be right back. (music) 
it is time to talk through this week's top three. And for this week's top three, we're going to be looking at the reveals from Warhammer Day's stream. So there was quite a bit of content shown off. We're going to discuss um, what we thought were our, were our sort of favourite picks. Uh, and then at the end of the segment, if there's any that we haven't covered, then we'll uh, we'll quickly give those a, a bit of coverage as well um, to make sure that we haven't missed anything from the show. So, Jay, let's start with you. What was what was your top three um, reveals from Saturday, uh, starting with your third choice? Um, oh, yes, cool. So I did enjoy the um, preview day. Um, it wasn't all I hoped for, but there was enough in there that sort of I left feeling satisfied, really. Uh, my number three choice was um, the new Warcry set, specifically the um, Barbarian models that come mm. in that set, Red Harvest. Uh, these were, are, are they called the Dark Oath something or other? Um, yeah, they are yeah. yeah, so you got a whole bunch of um of like Conan the Barbarian style. They remind me a lot of um an Underworld Warband actually that my brother used to collect. Um but I really like these models. And the reason I like these models, I think, is that you could almost paint them up as like Fenrisian tribesmen on Fenris. They don't mm. look chaosy, too chaosy. Yeah. You know, they've got like skulls and runestones and things like that. But they haven't got any chaos stars on them that from what I can see. There's no mutations on them. Their weapons just look brutal. They don't necessarily look corrupt. Um, so I mean, we were talking about this during the actual stream. How Warcry is obviously very chaos focused, and if you're not a chaos player, you might not find much there that meets your sort of aesthetic style. And that's true of me, really. But I could see myself painting these guys up. Um, I think they're really, really nice models. Games Workshop have come really, really far in sculpting sort of basic humans now, the faces, the female warriors. Um, the, the proportions on them look really, really good. Um, so, yeah, the, these guys were my um, my third choice. Yeah, yeah. so the, the set itself is... Obviously, we mentioned the price, but it's on the pricey side, but it is a really, really nice set, isn't it? For all the scenery, both the warbands. I mean, the spider guys are really weird looking, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And I mean, and that scenery as well is um, very, very impressive. The uh, was it? Is it Varan Varanor mining set? It's, it's, it, yeah, it's a Varanite mine. So, Var- so Archeon is mining Varanite because he's using it to break into the door of Azir, which is probably going to be a storyline where the next edition probably goes and it all kicks off in Azir. Um, and yeah, he's got he's got a mining facility uh, harvesting this stuff. And uh, yeah, obviously it's a very valuable substance. So these war bands are fighting over it. Yeah, very cool. Uh, so that was my my um, number three choice. Um, my number four choice wasn't really a model as such, but it was something. Uh, sorry, my number two choice. But it was it, it was something that out of the whole thing, it was a really good surprise for me. And I sort of enjoy board games. I enjoy dungeon crawls. Uh, the idea of dungeon bowl uh, just <laughs> appeals to me. Uh, so there weren't really any new models in this set apart from the little sort of scatter scenery you get. But as a product, that was my second choice. Um, yeah, so to Dunya Bowl, for, for a bit of context for anyone who's maybe not seen the stream. So back in the day, the, the, the Blood Bowl's traditionally played on a pitch, isn't it? But sometimes the colleges of magic would sponsor a game of Blood Bowl and they'd play it in the dungeons. And to make more things more interesting, rather than just having like a 
halfway line and kick off they would hide the ball within this dungeon set, send the teams down there there'd be random magical traps sometimes even monsters and stuff and uh, yeah you'd play a game of blood bowl through a series of caverns and dungeons which is a genius idea to be fair isn't it yeah and, and what i really like about this is, is each each sort of team is themed after the school of magic the college of magic and they said on the stream that it's a good one to pick up and play because the teams are set so it's quite balanced you know you don't have to uh, unlike regular games of Blood Bowl, which aren't very balanced, you know, that's the whole point, really. Uh, this one seems a bit more sort of friendly, friendly, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you've got a few Blood Bowl teams with your existing players, you might be able to put together kind of your bespoke College of Magic team. Now, I imagine they'll probably sell sets with basically just be a few random sprues from various teams, won't it? And you'll yeah, put together yeah. your uh, your team from that. But I quite like it. it means that your your teams are going to be quite varied. So the 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 fire college team has got ogres, dwarfs, noblars in there. A nice random mix that you'd never have together on the same blood bowl team, but now you can. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. So that that's the college of fire team that comes in the box, and there's a college of shadow which has got some dark elves and um, skaven in. Um, so yeah, so we were talking, weren't we? Like, I mean, I think you said, Matt, that the the College of Life might be um, wood elves with halflings and things like this. Yeah, nice, nice mixture of different things. And I imagine they'll expand this further. Like, so I'm sure in previous editions of this, there was like roaming monsters and stuff, and there's loads of cool monster kits that they could throw into the game and give a profile. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this one took me absolutely completely by surprise. Um, uh, I guess it's going to appeal to those that might not be, they might look at Blood Bowl and think, you know, I'm not really kind of a, because it's still kind of a sports game, isn't it? Um, well, it is, yeah, you know, but, you've, in fact, if anything, it's more like a proper sport. Some teams are good, some teams are bad, as in mm-hmm. the real world, and you've got, there's a lot of, for, for for quite a random and wacky game, there's a lot of kind of thinking behind it, and being clever in knowing where you can push your luck and, and where you can't where I think in comparison Dungeon Bowl is more of a, a fun kind of beer and pretzels kind yeah. of game where it's all a bit chaotic and there's not necessarily going to be any tactics or strategy it's no. more kind of rock up and see what happens yeah that's yeah. definitely the impression I got yeah looks really fun really really fun yeah so you get you get like a, a load of dungeon tiles uh, with lava and bridges and there's like portals i think you can teleport around the dungeon there's treasure chests like matt said the ball's hidden so you have to come find the ball so you know you might want some fast units to go out there to to, to locate the ball before the enemy team it's not quite clear where the end zones are <laughs> I think so. on, on, on the wall compost you've got like a entry dungeon each side so i think you've got to get into your opponent's like entry room to score yeah um i really hope they continue to support this with additional add-ons and rule sets and you know maybe even like endless spells moving around the dungeon and things That'd like this fun, wouldn't it yeah so i'm actually i'm really really excited for this one out of the, everything we saw this is probably i probably won't pick up Warcry. Uh, i probably won't pick up the underworld set but i am actually quite tempted to get to get dungeon ball uh, and i hope they carry on supporting it uh, so that's my number two choice uh, my number one choice was tough Oof, there was some good stuff um, but I'm going to choose um, the new uh, 40k battle box. Well, not necessarily the battle box itself, but the custodian blade. I think it's a blade champion, um, which is the new custodian character. 
model that's coming out in that set. So the set um, features some um, Adeptus Custodes with some Sisters of Silence against the Gene Steelers. Um, but I'm specifically, my number one choice is that Custodian Blade Champion model, mm. which is the new Custodian HQ unit. So the model itself is just really, really cool. Um, if you've got any of the um, Virtus Praetors, which are the um, Custodian jet bikes, you'll notice that they're wearing a different style of um, Custodian armor. They've still got the 2 plus save with the 4 plus invulnerable, but it, it, it looks a bit lighter, like almost like Scout Custodian armor, if there was ever such a thing. Um, <laughs> and that's what this this model's wearing. So um, he's not completely enclosed in this Uramite plate. Um, He's got a different style custodian helm, which is more in line with the um, Alaris Terminators um, rather than the big, like, pointy um, helmet that the regular custodian guard wear. Um, and he's got a unique weapon as far as the custodians are concerned in that it's a sword uh, which doesn't have a, a weapon built into it, a ranged weapon built into it. So it's purely just a two-handed blade. And it's massive. Um, I think it's called a vault blade. We've had some rules um, previewed on Warhammer Community this week. Um, he's got some really nice stats. So he he gets six attacks base. Um, he can only be hit on a four plus. He's got a rule which makes a one to three automatically fail and unmodified one to three fail when you're, you're hitting him. Uh, and then he gets three weapon profiles to choose from when he makes his attacks. One's geared towards taking down monsters and vehicles. One's geared towards hordes. So he doubles the amount of attacks he makes with his blade against hordes. And one's um, geared towards taking down enemy characters. It, it, it grants yeah, a re-roll. High AP, high damage, isn't it, really? Yeah, with re-rolls, yeah. So um, I'm really excited about this. I mean, this this looks like the only Custodian model we're going to get with the, the announced the Adeptus Custodies um, Codex is coming later this year as well, I think in December. Um, so that'll be alongside or, or near the release of this um, uh, battle box as well. Um, yeah, and they so- mentioned... Shadow Thrones, the name of this battle box, a bloody war of talent and tendril. Uh, it contains a custodian force. There's, the model count is fairly light in this box. You get the the three, well, the Alaris Terminators. Three Alaris You get a squad yeah. of Sisters of Silence and the new character versus a squad of Gene Stealer cultists. The new Gene Stealer character, who looks amazing as well, uh, and the the pack of four. Gene Steeler Court characters that unfortunately I imagine most Gene Steeler Court players will already have these and probably not have any need for duplicates of them, but as an entryway into playing Gene Steeler Courts, it seems a really good box. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 for, for me as an Adeptus Custodes player, the box is pretty good because I'll shift the, the Gene Steelers. Um, I need some sisters anyway, um, and obviously you get the new character. I would have myself loved to have seen um, some Wardens in there because Wardens is a unit that I don't have, so purely selfish. But, but yeah, I am looking forward to this box, especially just to get my hands on that new Custodian character, because it, it's nice. The Custodians don't have many HQ options currently. Um, you know, just a shield captain is pretty much your only HQ option or, or Trajan Valoris. Um, but they've they've said that there, there'll be a Sisters of Silence HQ option in a new codex. Mm-hmm. There's lots of cool new... Um, so the Custodians in the Psychic Awakening, they sort of got some light sort of chapter rules, but they weren't really that great. They basically just give you a Warlord trait and a Relic. That was it. Um, but they've said they've been expanded now, so each sort of um, shield company, shield host, plays a bit different. Um, so I'm really looking forward to the um, uh, Custodian Codex. I'm really looking forward to seeing any lore developments in it as well. So, uh, yeah, so that's my uh, number one choice. It was very, very tough. I mean, I've got lots of um, of um, honourable mentions, but I, I will uh, I will, I will, will see what you're, you guys think and what, what, what your top three models. 
some choices that might have come close to mine in that in that top three. Uh, Andy, um, what about you? What what did you like from the show? Um, well, apart from everything, um, well, that's a bit of a cop out answer. Um, my third choice, um, following on from what Jay just said, uh, has got to be the Adeptus Custodes Codex. Um, not necessarily the Battle Box, because for me, with the exception of the Sisters and the new model, I've got some Terminators. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And I've got no interest in the Gene Steeler cult, but the Codex itself, for me, really interests me because when I got back into 40k back in i think it was 8th edition i did um adeptus custodes for a few reasons first off low model count army which is amazing and b it was a simple army to learn or relearn the game with but my issue is that over time the army's got a bit it's not really interesting me anymore you know you, you don't really have a shooting phase you don't have a psychic phase you haven't really got a lot of vehicles unless you go for um, jet bikes. Your army's very slow. And because of that, you're not getting to combat. You know, they're a great starter army, but over time, they've lost a bit of interest for me. And I'm hoping that this new codex reinvigorates my love for custodes. And judging by what the, the previews we've had so far on that new character, hopefully, fingers crossed, it will do. Um, I mean, apart from that, the, the artwork on the front of it has got to be one of the best artworks they've done. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's a really nice, it's a really nice book. Yeah. So, so that's my third choice. My second choice has got to be Black Powder's Buccaneers because <laughs> first off, I love ogres. You know, absolutely love ogres. Secondly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I may have mentioned it once or twice on the show. I, I, I'm a big fan of ogres. Um, I'm a big fan of monkeys as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> although monkeys with knives in their tail, maybe not so much. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Black Powder's Buccaneers um, is easily my second choice. Um, I mean, first off, we haven't really seen much from the ogres in Age of Sigmar. Um, you know, they've got the new plastic tyrant model, but that was about it. You know, we had the um, Beastgrave Underworld Warband with the Hunter and the Saber Tusk and stuff like that, um, which was cool to see. But, yeah, this feels like an, another glimpse at what could come for the Ogres going into the future. And Yeah, I mean, they'd, they'd kind of moved away. So back, back when the original Ogre Kingdoms came out, a big part of it were these are mercenaries and the... A concept against the man-eaters of these rogues I've gone to different places and kind of like adopted their traditions and styles and I, mm. I that was something I thought was missing when we had the Beast Claw Raiders I guess as the main AOS army back back in the day and this guy just captures that kind of here's an ogre pirate and all his wacky companions and I think that's really been missing in the kind of AOS scene recently Yeah and like I say it's going to be interesting to see what we do with ogres going forwards and, and you know whether or not this is just the the tip of the iceberg because we've seen with a lot of armies when they've like reinvigorated them you know you're looking at uh war clans for example instead of just bringing back normal orcs they brought back uh cruel or they introduced cruel boys and went with the sneaky route rather than just yeah. the, uh, they're essentially reimagined uh hobgoblins aren't they yeah exactly so uh, I mean, for me, I've been buying uh, a lot of Underworld Warbands recently just to sort of like 
as palate cleansers in between other projects, that sort of stuff. And this is one of those that I'm uh, as soon as this goes on pre-order, I'm going to be ordering it because, <laughs> again, looking at the ogre, it, it it doesn't look overwhelmingly difficult to paint. You know, you look at some models and you're like, oh, um, but yeah, looking at um, Black Powder's Buccaneers, where it looks like an an awesome underworld warband, and can't wait to get my hands on it. But my first choice, so my first choice, is almost. I, I love this faction almost more than ogres. Not quite, but almost <laughs> more than ogres. And that's the Maggotkin Battle Tome. So mm. Maggotkin haven't had a Battle Tome um, since first edition. I think it was, it must be 2018, January 2018, I think it was, it came out. So it's been a very long time. And I think in the almost 20 odd years that I've been playing games for short games now I don't think I've really had many armies built and painted for when a new book comes out and, <laughs> and looking at the Maggotkin uh, I tell you that up the other day I've got about 5,000 points of Maggotkin built oh, and wow. painted so Jeez. yeah I'm, I'm hoping fingers crossed that this new sorcerer model that they bring out which is absolutely uh, again absolutely amazing and i'll you know add to cart since that comes up pre-order um i'm hoping bizarrely enough i'm hoping this is the only model because <laughs> otherwise i know it's going to happen i'm just going to end up with about seven thousand points of magikin otherwise <laughs> uh, which, which to be fair would be a nice number because you know nurgle sure. like seven nurgle. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah the the magikin back to uh, for the same, similar reasons as the um, Custodes Codex, I'm hoping it will bring Maggotkin into third edition, will update them. Like I said the, the previous battle term or the current battle term for them is the first ever Maggotkin battle term we've ever had. So, you know, going from where the designers were sort of like three-ish years ago, maybe like almost four years by the time the book comes out in December, hopefully, um, to where they are now, you know, could we see a brand new Nurgle army that is very different to what it plays with at the minute? Because one of the things at the minute with Maggotkin is, uh, surprisingly enough, a very quick army, which you wouldn't associate with Nurgle. No. So, so yeah, so I'm hoping that, um, that the Maggotkin battle tome is, is going to be everything I hope for and then some, so. And it was yeah, great from the from the preview, it sounds like a lot of the mechanics that currently exist are a little bit different now. So there's d- a diseased weapons, and that's a mechanic. And it sounds like they spread diseases, similar to the auras in the, the Death Guard book. I was going to say, we saw a change with Nurgle in the Death Guard, didn't we, to the way Disgusting the Resilience works and the way their auras work. And I wonder whether we'll see that play through as well in across the systems. I think so. It's something that can easily be balanced. Ignoring wounds on a flat number army-wide is a very difficult thing to balance because it's a little bit too powerful, really. Um, by having it as maybe a a, a, a bonus on your, your your warlord, and then have a slightly different effect, reducing damage in AOS is a big deal because damage carries over as well. Yeah, it's all stronger really, in AOS. Yeah, yeah, you still have a really resilient army. It just means that you still can kill a unit. It's just going to take a lot longer. Where Nurgle in the past we're discussing resilient can be a bit spiky. Where if you've against a really jammy Nurgle player, you just can't shift the stuff at all. 
Yeah. So, yeah, excited. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got a massive Nurgle army as well. So I'm super excited about this one, and I'm absolutely building that sorcerer with a fly head because it looks weird. <laughs> what excites yeah, also, me most about this codec, this battle tome, is the fact that we this is the this will be the last battle tome that we know of coming from Sigmar. Anything after this now is new. So we were told, weren't we, there was going to expect a chaos battle tome after the um, the, the the Stormcast and uh, Oryx. So um, it's like, what comes next? What's the next battle tome going to be? This is it. This is it. And we haven't got long to wait. December, this is out as well. Right. Um, well, we'll we'll go on to my uh, top three. Um, my third choice is is not a faction I've ever been interested in, and and I don't talk about the Horus Heresy all that much, but purely down to how absolutely drop dead gorgeous the model is, I'm gonna have to go for Jagati Khan as my yes. third choice. Because, I, I mean, I've got no interest in the white scars, but that model is superb. I do I do like the kind of samurai aspect of the, the white scars. Um, that's always kind of appealed. And he absolutely, you know, it, it's... it's Mongol, isn't it? Like, aren't they the Mongol? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Mongolian tribe, kind of. There's lots of Eastern kind of aesthetic to them, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Such a stunning model, and um, I, I do like a fancy base, but I think they've got the balance just spot on with this one. You know, it's not too overly dramatic. Um, it, it's a really nice scenic base. Um, with a dead death card so, on yeah. it. With a dead death card on it, yeah. So, um, so yeah, he, he absolutely was my third choice. Not the Horus Heresy um, release we were all expecting. I think last week I said that um, Matt and Jay might cry if that, alleged box wasn't revealed which unfortunately it wasn't um yeah no, so I've, I, I i've read some things like we know we know obviously there's been an impact to the to the production hasn't there things like the dragons i don't think games which been tended to be out in december i imagine they probably want them out soon no. the codexes themselves i think were meant to be out a couple of months earlier so everything's had a bit of a knock-on effect that's why i think the the big kind of uh november release is now kill team and I guess that heresy has been pushed back into next year. It does also mean that they can release uh, the Khan November, December to start building up some hype ready for the big plastic release in next year. It's a, been a long time waiting for the Khan as well. He's the last Primark of the 18 Primark models. So now I guess they can focus on special characters that perhaps haven't had models. I know the Dark Angels are missing a few character models um, or potentially even demon Primark models. Um, yeah. The Emperor um, himself. The Sigilite. Oh, I love a Malkador model. That's all I want. And also, um, at the end of the reveal for, for Khan, they did they did tease that, you know, there was there was much more to come for Horus Heresy, so um absolutely more on the horizon, but yeah, an absolutely fantastic model um to round out uh, to round no out. No jet the, bike um, though, I mean he has a jet bike profile, no jet bike. This is it now. Unless they drop that, maybe. I I was surprised not to see this as a dual kind of release with a jet bike version and an on foot version. The fact he hasn't got a jet bike makes me think maybe that jet bike profile will disappear. Possibly, yeah. yeah. I mean, in the in the in the Siege of Terror, which is sort of where we're at now with the Horus Heresy releases and things, uh, I think he's um, he, he he loses his jet bike quite early on in the siege, doesn't he? So yeah. So outside of one like narrative battle where he charges mm. out and leads 
the, the white scars out, that's really the only time you use it in the battle. So from a, a rules perspective, does it make sense having that as an option? Maybe not. I mean, some people, I guess, may convert it. I know, like, Perturabo's got his um, Bane Blade he can ride, and Dawn's got his Stormbird that he can take. Maybe it's yeah. just going to be a fluffy choice like that, you know, convert it yourself. That'd be a nice conversion, to be fair. <laughs> a cheaper conversion as well, probably. Read Warhawk. Read Warhawk. Oh, man. I mean, if that model wasn't enough to make you want to collect a White Scars army, and to be fair, it's it's almost tempted me to start away. If it wasn't for the fact that Matt was building White Scars, I'd be buying that model and building White Scars. But after reading Warhawk as well, you like doubly want to be building and painting White Scars. I mean, the, no, fact that I should... not on the, jet bike, the fact that he's not on a jet bike, Jay, does mean that I'm tempted to, when this heresy box drops, just paint it as White Scars and have a mixture of infantry what? and jet bikes because that kind of fits with how they are in the books anyway. Yeah. Well, I think you should. I think that's right. I mean, the, the, the White Scars have got infantry and they do have tanks. You know, they, they are a Space Marine Legion. So you could just add a squad of jet bikes, a few land speeders, and, you know, that makes it a White Force, White Scars force. Um, but certainly in Warhawk, you know, they're, they're, they're fighting in the trench just like any other Space Marine Legion. So I think yeah. you'll get away with it. And I mean, nowadays, I mean, in the past, it's been quite hard to paint white armor, but I think Corax White Spray, Corax White Out the Pot, You've got the different contrasts that you can run into the recesses to make it like a really battle-worn sort of white armor. You've been doing it yourself on the... Oh, yeah. The well, orcs. I mean, painting, painting these orcs, I've been thinking... So I, uh, I did... way segued off here now. But I uh, was, uh, like you say, we've been, been doing slow burn heresy armies, haven't we? I've been doing Sons yeah. of Horus and White Scars. And the White Scars took a lot, lot longer because I... I started off from a black, built up the browns, built up the white over that with an airbrush, which looks really, really nice. It just takes forever to do. Hence, the progress on the white because hasn't been quite as quick as I like. Where now, I would probably paint them the same way that I've done the white on these orcs. And basically, yeah, you build up lots of thin layers of Corax white, which is way easier than going from brown, uh, black to white with an airbrush. Um, and then basically, lots of sponging and washes in the yeah. recesses. You get a really I mean, nice, warm, gritty look. And then between us as well, we'll have the red, yellow and white on the walls ready to That's fight. It. We just That's need it. just need Dave and Andy to paint up some traitors. I mean, I know Dave's interested in Dark Angels, so he's sort of got the traitors covered. But Andy could do with some <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll happily paint up some traitors for uh, Horace Heresy. Yeah, so actually, it's done me a favour, actually. If you're right, Matt, with your prediction um, that the Horace Heresy box set that we've seen potato cam pictures of, is has been pushed back until 2022, uh, which has not been confirmed. We don't know anything about it really. But if that if that is true, then that gives me time then to get um, a sizable force of Blood Angels and Imperial Fists ready for that box set to to land. And then that box is um, I think it's going to be painted up yellow for myself, Matt. Um, yeah, that's that sounds good. I mean, see, if if it was coming before Christmas, they would have absolutely shown it off on this preview because that would have been the big ticket item this Christmas for people to buy. The fact that they haven't means I think it has slipped next year. So more time to get ready for it. My second choice. Um, now it's been mentioned already um, by both Andy and Jay that the Shadow Throne box. Um, but I'm going to be uh, I'm going to actually point at the uh, the new Jean Steeler Cults character, the saboteur, um, with all her, you know, bombs and grenades and all sorts. I mean, I, I really like the individual kind of little elite characters that are in the Jean Steeler Cults army. 
the what really drew me to the army when I kind of dabbled with them a little bit. Um, and she is so characterful and like I, I, her rules sound okay. I mean, we'll obviously we'll have to wait until the book lands and um, we get to see a, f- a full rules. But um, she looks ace, absolutely awesome. I love the ultimate you... hat. Oh, the burnt head looks so cool. You um, <laughs> you you started to use the court force, didn't you, Dave? Oh, Matt, Matt, honestly, what? I did. I did start a Gene Silicon Army. Um, and then I thought, no, I really, I should do um, Kadia. And then I saw this model and I saw the new box and I was like, oh, I really want to do Gene Steel Cults. Um, but I want to try and fight the temptation if I can. Um, you, know, look, you know what would look really cool? You know what would look really cool? The Death Core Creek kit mixed with Gene Steel apart. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would. It'd look really, really cool. Um, I mean, the the, the 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 box got the G Steel Cult range arguably is a fantastic range. It's just quite a tricky army to build up from like a hobby and point of view because it's quite you know you need a lot of infantry. Yeah. They not and cheap. let's be yeah. fair, the army was designed for a different edition of the game, so hopefully with the new codex, it might be a lot easier to build a working genius dealer called yeah. Force, because you were you really had to go kind of body heavy, didn't you? You did. You did. I made quite a few lists and it meant building and painting and buying boxes and boxes and neophytes. Um so I know you've obviously got your different detachments you know, in particular in, in ninth edition, but it doesn't really work for the cults like you say, Matt. Um, I mean, they did tease because obviously, they, uh, just like the custodies, they announced that the Gene Steel Codex was landing before the end of the year, um, and they did sort of tease that they've got, you know, they're going to have new ways um, to kind of manipulate the battlefield. They mentioned about um, booby traps, booby traps, and also crossfire and stuff, so you'd be able to kind yeah. of maybe ambush and um, maybe you'll get better rules, like similar to Deep Strike, but more in line with the cults um so I, I, yeah I, hopefully they'll um they'll get a really big um rules refresh and um they'll be competitive again i just i just i just need to fight the temptation to jump on the bandwagon really um, which is going to be really hard <laughs> I, I luckily matt you've about... got karen dave i was always going to say is i'm kind of glad that matt's got an army of them because that might help me resist but i don't know if it will or not you can use my army and then you'll be able to buy an army of your own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, I tell you what, what really sort of intrigues me about this is the fact, you know, the Gene Steeler cults are on terror. I mean, the custodians yeah. have been dispatched to deal with a, a cult uprising on terror itself. I mean, has any other Xenos made it to Earth in the last 10,000 years? The Necrons did briefly, didn't they? I think. Eldar, I think maybe. The Eldar made it to the Imperial Dungeons because they slew a load of Adeptus custodies. The Harquins did. I don't know. Did the Beast of the Orcs get there? I can't remember. But I mean, it 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 must be serious if the Gene Stealers are on on Earth. Mm. With the Angels of Death series on uh, Warhammer Plus as well, we we get like um, a a really good idea of what the cult is like and yeah. Yeah, what we've seen, and for me, that's really, really cool. The, the only thing that's put me off for Gene Steeler Cult is, again, it's like how many models you need and how detailed they are. So. Yeah. I, I don't think, like, with how I paint and stuff now, having to paint that many of them doesn't really bother me. It's just um, needing quite a few of the same thing. Um, I don't know. It just And how expensive the army can be to just buy and paint. Um, hopefully, hopefully, 
with with custodies and genes to been in a battle box just before Christmas, I kind of hope that genes to the courts and custodies are battle boxes Stop. this Christmas because you pick yeah. up that plus this box, you've got an army. That's how I did my genes to the court army. There's a lot cheaper than buying the individual kit separately. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and that leads um, me to my top choice, um, which uh, Andy pretty much covered completely. Um, and that is the Black Powder Warband for um, for Harrowdeep. Um, I, I really like the Ogres um, and I really like this model. Um, I think either Matt or Jay mentioned it on the stream. There's only one thing missing from this kit and that's a pirate hat. Yeah, um, I'm so disappointed yeah. because I've got a pirate hat on. Yeah. So Jay, you had a really good idea for remedying that, didn't you? Yeah, so um, Captain Badrock, the orc freebooter, he has a um, a really cool pirate hat that's, I mean, he's like an ogre-sized model anyway. Um, so you'd have to do a bit of cutting around the head because it comes, if I remember right, I've got him upstairs actually, the old metal model. Um, his head comes attached to the hat, but separate from the body. Well, I mean, you could do it easy with a hobby knife and then, yeah, you get yourself a nice pirate hat. Isn't there um, an ogre pirate man eater that you could there just do? There is an ogre it? pirate man eater, yeah, and it's resin, so you can fill out the face and put the hat on it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, incredible model, um, and I love all these little companions. And if I had to pick one, actually, I'd probably go for the parrot. I really like the parrot, um, the, but the monkey is very cool as well. Put the parrot and the monkey in a in a in a arena, Mortis Arena, and see who wins. <laughs> <laughs> And Kravnos just turns up and just beats them both. Yeah, exactly. We've got, we got the fish as well. You could use the fish. Yeah, this oh, is yeah, literally the new, the new edition of Arena Mortis we need to see. Critter showdown. You've got Saber Tusk. You've got the sort of lion dog thing from the Kanofi Warbands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flesh yeah. You've got, oh, yeah. got Mollogs and Stalic Squigs and all that. The Bat Squigs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right to Games Workshop. This needs to happen now. <laughs> yeah so we've just i think we've just got the next season of underworlds yeah uh, nailed um zoo edition that's what they're building up for so um so yeah that's that's my top three and i think that leaves um leaves us with you with your choices matt yeah mine's a really easy one because we've covered all the main points over the show it's worked really really well so i've just got fun of going through my top choices and can be a bit silly with it so number three is dungeon ball we talked about it earlier it's just bananas i'm gonna put this out there though in the war compost it says there might be a dragon dot 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 i mean blood ball <laughs> in a dungeon with a dragon do you need any more in life that's that's just number one for me <laughs> uh, number two again yeah black powders buccaneers in particular monkey with a knife that in, in the top trump scale of critters i think monkey with a knife beats kragnos myself <laughs> oh, 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 that's a, that's a bold claim. <laughs> I mean, he's got opposable thumbs, hasn't he? So he can use the he knife. Has, although yeah. he is using it in his tails, to be fair. So it keeps his hands free for more knives potentially. Crabnuts well, so. could just just snap those fingers. So you know, just saying. This is why when we play Arena Mortis Zoo Edition, we can we can resolve those battles. But yeah. yeah. But number one, number one has to be Jagatai Khan. It is a gorgeous model. I'm a big fan of all the Primark models. I've painted two of them now i've painted horus i've painted fulgrim i would love to get all the others and just have a bit of a, a display with all the primarchs painted up um but yeah he is an amazing model and it's uh yeah it's kind of a big deal that they're all out now because like jay said earlier the emperor's gonna get a profile 
he's in a big battle at the end of the story. Uh, yeah. Malkador, mm. while maybe not deployed on the battlefield, I'd like to see that as like a, a store exclusive model. I think it'd be a good one that Forge World could do. So, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that they could still do for the Heresy, even though it seems that we're coming to the uh, the twilight years of the story. Yeah, it's exciting. And I mean, what a, what a way to end that sort of Primark series. I mean, all the Primark models have their charm. I think he's definitely up there in my top three of the Primark mm. um, sculpts. Absolutely. Uh, I think he, he, they've done a really, really good good job with, with, the, with um, the Khan. I think it's been worth the wait, hasn't it? It, it has, yeah. This this could be a quite a controversial kind of question, but could you ever see them going back to some of the really early ones they did, like the first couple, and maybe redoing them? Because let's be honest, some of these new ones, like you look at the Khan, you look at the um, you look at the Lion, and then you maybe look at Angron. And you're like, see, I don't know, Dave. I, I myself, I think each of the Primarchs is very. I don't think you could do a better version of Angron or Fulgrim. I think. They're just as good as the later. Yeah, I, I think what's more likely is that we rather than redo them, we see them at a different stage. Horus, as he is in the model, is him as, you know, the the, the, the war master, the emperor's champion, all his glory. By the time of the heresy, I could see them doing a different style body, more kind of like bent over and subdued, subdued. If you read the Siege of Terror series, he's basically just a puppet of the gods now isn't he and yeah, a lot yeah. of his lieutenants can see that and they know that but everyone's too scared to say anything <laughs> so you have him in his kind of hunched over form as in the classic artwork yeah. in, you know facing because he does look quite yeah. and sort of inspiring doesn't he and poses that you could see him at the front of the great crusade in that his existing yeah. model yeah whereas he's the arch enemy at the point where we're in the story now and he needs to look a bit more Sinister. Uh, terrifying sinister, yeah. Yeah, and obviously well, the, I, demon, I, the demon Primarchs as well. Obviously we've got the plastic kits. We've got, you know, uh, maybe have a resin model with them at the height of their corruption, just as, as they've changed, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, or, I mean, yeah, I, mean, yeah I, I don't think... I think the quality of the sculpts is, is pretty consistent across all of the 18 Primark models we've got. I mean, you go back as early as like Vulcan. I think Vulcan's a fantastic model. Um, Perturabo's fantastic model as well. Um, even I like Angron. Angron's a bit on the small side, but he was a, he was he was a bit on the small side in the the the, the, the canon as well. You know, he's he's not one of the bigger Primarchs. Um, yeah. But he, he obviously he turns into a, a almost like a bloodthirster by the end. So you know he does get a bit bigger there. Um, yeah, so yeah, to the point got, where the, the, the artwork on the um, Saturnine is, I think, very much based on the exalted Bloodthirster model from Forge yeah. World. Oh, that's him at the gate, isn't it? With yeah, with the fists. Yeah. And the there. Yeah, I'd like. I wouldn't like to see any of the Primarchs be revisited now. I think they're like timeless collectors' pieces, and I, I think they're going to age mm. very well. I don't think you can improve on them too much. I'd like to see them go back now and fill out all the gaps. So I know there's quite a lot of units that don't have models. There's quite a lot of characters that don't have models. Some legions have had more love than others in terms of releases, and I think they could go back and fix that. We're starting to see a bit of that. The Ultramarines are getting quite a lot of characters recently. Um, if, you know, I'd like to see them go back and you know touch like the Salamanders, the Raven Guard, that sort of thing, and add mm. some more units and characters to those armies as well. To make each legion completely distinct from one another in, in your yeah. games would be really cool. And this is it. If it is going to be a heavy plastic release, they can use the same 
release schedule and structure they've done for Necromunda for Blood Bowl, where you have core plastic line and then they can throw out multiple resin uh, characters then rather than really at the minute all the resources have been on resin units for heresy haven't they yeah mm. i mean that's interesting actually matt whether i mean we've, what we've heard about the heresies is going to be like a, a well-supported system one of the main product lines for games which alongside 40k and age of sigma going forward they could sort of do a sort of um because obviously once all the rules are out what else do you buy book wise maybe they could yeah. do like house of books they've done for necromunda house of the raven guard house of the salamanders yeah. flesh out a bit of the legion background in these specific sort of codexes and add extra units and characters and things that because i mean there's so many characters units in the background in the lore in the stories which haven't got rules or represented in the current rules which they could go to there's such a vast amount of sort of lore there isn't there they could pull from well that's you've got 40 plus heresy books you could bring out a supplement with the same name as that book introducing yeah. characters and units featuring in that book so there's loads they could do yeah mm. and that would be really cool then because you could really push the sort of narrative battles um mm. you know like you say through all the black library series there's all these little skirmishes and key moments where you you know there's characters in that perhaps die in that book but they could make models for that character you could play through that story arc you know the um angel exterminatus is it where they're on that eldar maiden world the yeah. iron warriors the empress children you've got the uh the sort of um raven guard salamanders and iron hands i think it is just the those three characters on the book there trying to assassinate oh man yeah they could do really really cool things with that we'll have to wait and see won't we yeah. hopefully it's not just a box set, <laughs> and then they forget about it <laughs> Excellent. Um, that brings to a close, I think, all the, the reveals. I think we've covered everything now, haven't we? Um, so, yeah, really, really good um, really good day. And I think that sales on for, for a little bit as well, uh, that Warhammer Day sale. So, um, yeah, um, check that out when you can. Uh, we're not quite finished with the podcast yet, though, because we do have a new box set to discuss. Uh, so we're going to come back with that. Our thanks to Games Workshop for sending us this week a copy of the latest Kill Team box, Kill Team Chalnef, which pits the Tau against the Adeptus Sororitas, the uh, the Sisters of Battle. Um, so I had the, uh, the the pleasure of reviewing this with, this week. Um, there is a written review over on Spruce and Brews. I'll pop the link in the podcast notes so you can check it out at your leisure. Um, but we wanted to talk about it on this week's podcast. Um, basically give it a quick review and, uh, and run through the contents of the box. Um, because it doesn't actually seem like five minutes since we had the Octarius one, really. Well, I mean, has it been like a month or something? It's been a couple of months. It's been a couple of months. Um, 8 August, I think, Octarius came out time just goes so so fast uh, the first thing i will say about chelnef and you know maybe i just wasn't keeping updated with with what was kind of coming out because obviously releases have been so thick and fast and there's been loads of different information flowing around i almost expected this to be like a new starter box but i i'm very wrong i was very wrong in that um assumption because it doesn't contain any of the basic kill team rules so if you'd not played kill team before and you picked up this box and you hope to kind of learn how to play, you wouldn't be able to. You need to go and get the Kill Team um, rule book, which you can buy separately. You don't need to buy um, the Octarius uh, box with the Orcs and the, the Death Corps. Um, but that surprised me a little bit. I wasn't I wasn't expecting this to be more of... Um, uh, An expansion box, I guess. Yeah, 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 exactly that. Um, especially with the Octarius one, obviously, them pushing that it was going to be like this limited release as well. 
Um, so I thought this was going to kind of take its place. Um, so I guess at the, at the same time they did announce that um, there is a starter box coming, which is basically Octarius without the scenery, which yeah. will be a, a cheaper Ma- price point, I guess, as well. Maybe this is where I've I've kind of misheard and I've, I've just assumed that this is a said starter box. Um, again, obviously, their release schedule has been hit quite hard. I think really they would have wanted to get a starter box out before stands for expansions. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, anyway, so let's talk about what obviously you get in the box. You get 10 of the um, Tower Pathfinders. Um, I know you're a, a big fan of these models, Jay. Um, they're obviously a bit of a, a classic um, kit now. They've been out for some time, although they were one of the last Tower units to be revisited, I think. Yeah, I mean, they are a nice kit. Anyway, they didn't need an upgrade screw. Uh, the fact they've got an upgrade screw is just ice on the cake, really, I think. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you know, looking at looking at the sprues, it's a really nice upgrade sprue, and it, it looks so suitably, like, high-tech. Um, yeah. And it really adds to their... Because the, the Pathfinders, when you compare them to Fire Warriors, obviously they've, they've got slightly different-looking weapons, and they're, they're definitely lighter-armoured, and they're in sort of scouting kind of poses. But what this upgrade sprue does is it really gives you that feel of a recon unit um, with like the new heads, like with like the scopes and stuff. And um, there's there's a bionic arm in there as well, like a a, a prosthetic arm. Yeah. I really like compare it to like how the Imperials manage their sort of um, (laughs) mechanical limbs. Yeah. Um, I in particular like the one that's throwing a grenade. Um, I think that's really cool. Yeah, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's a really nice upgrade sprue, uh, and they're up against the uh, the sisters, and they've um, instead of revisiting a kit because they've only just had a a big refresh of the range, they've got the the novish novish novi noviites, I think it's pronounced novitiates. That that oh, yeah, we'll run with that. Um, that which is a brand new sort of melee orientated, lightly armored sisters unit. Um, and these are incredible models. Like the 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 detail on them is is brilliant, and I really like all their chainsaws and like their whips and stuff. Um, when I looked at the sisters range, um, I, whilst I like all like the battle sisters and stuff, I'm not a massive fan of like the arco arcoflagellants and like the um sister repentia so i'm like but they're like your real close combat choices in a sister's army but now you've obviously got these ladies uh, and i much prefer the look of these and um, if i was to do a sister's army i'd probably have these as my close combat option rather than um the other two that i just mentioned um and again they've got their own little upgrade sprue um which adds to kind of all the specialisms that you can take in kill team um to give them their all you know that they're all which would to give them all their own little roles uh, within the game, uh, which is very, very cool. Uh, you get a nice board in here, um, which is double-sided, quite similar on both sides. One's more of a brownie tone, the other's more of a grey tone. Um, and you also get a, a sampling of um, Sector Imperialis scenery as well, sort of a larger scenery piece and a couple of smaller um, scatter pieces as well, um, which are, are really nice. And it's the first time I've really looked at the... Sector Imperialist stuff really close up. I really like all the little details, all the little ego, eagle motifs and all the writing and stuff on them. Um, they're really, really nice. Yeah, like with um, Octarius, I guess, it kind of works quite well as, as, as a game in a box. Like you could pick this up for you know Christmas or whatever and, and play games just with that content and have two full forces, I guess. Yeah, yeah. you just need to get that rule book separate, um, which is the only slight 
um difference but you're right matt yeah you could you could if you as long as you got the kill team rules you could bust open this box build a battlefield get your units on the uh, on the battlefield and, and and go for it um the rule book itself um features a little bit of lore about chalnef about the different sort of the, the war zone the different planets that you'll be fighting on um, what I really liked, and they've they've obviously put a bit of consideration here that people who are playing Kill Team Kill Team may not have the full codexes. Um, so what this book does really well is it talks about both of the factions, so the sisters and the Tau, um, in quite a bit of detail. So it gives you obviously enough lore so you get a real feel for the army. It even goes into um, what they called for the sisters your different. Um, they call it orders of sanctity in the in this yeah, the book. orders yeah the orders so you've got like the order of the martin lady order of the um the the valorous heart and stuff it even talks about those um you know what they stand for and stuff and same for the tower as well which i thought was quite good because you know you might take tip your toe in the water and we'll kill team and then eventually expand it into a full army yeah, this um, might be your sort of entry into the warhammer 40,000 universe Absolutely. It's something this book does really, really well. Um, I was really impressed with that. Um, moving on from that, it, it does talk about how they build their kill teams as well. And there's some really nice um, pictures of um, the, the kill teams at, at work. Um, like the, the kill team um, compendium and the, what we saw for the Death Corps and the Orcs, you've got um, names and demeanours charts um, that you can roll on or pick. Um, to give each of your kill team operatives their own identity and um, because you know the kill team's at its best when you're kind of working with the narrative which i mean we're really into at the moment aren't we like crusade and mm. stuff um which is really good um and then it goes into the, the the kind of rules and building your kill teams um what i think is totally worth doing is making sure you read through this book first before you get ahead of yourself and start building models that look really cool and um, it's always worth having to look through the rules for the kill team and um, finding out what each of the different operatives do and then kind of planning on um, how you're going to build them the assembly instructions as you would imagine with any get recent games workshop release it's really good at showing you like for this body here are your different um builds so you know you're not going to be as long as you know what you want to build you're not going to find yourself like oh, i've got to use the arm on a different girl or a yeah. different pathfinder um and kind of be kicking yourself um it, it, it's quite clear in like you know this will build this this and this um which is really one of the good. things i uh, found with the death core so the, the orcs pretty much build the, the kill team out of the boxes there's not many alt, alt builds on them but for the death core obviously death core got a similar situation to the tower where i think basically that's a death core Krieg standard kit that has been released at the same time um mm-hmm. and you've got the upgrade sprue to add those those additional kill team specific operatives it did mean there was a lot of variation that you couldn't build out of just one box it's safe to say the same for the tower you'd probably want two boxes to build all the different yeah. variations yeah the, the, there is there is quite a lot and actually i think it's the same for the sisters so if we look really? here two four six eight there's twelve different operatives and you only get Which 10 is, models in the box obviously there's pros and cons to that the pro is obviously like with jason with the, the the howling banshees earlier you're very limited on the posability obviously you've got a load of variety but 
the cynical side, you, you're going to need more models to get the maximum number of options. Yeah, yeah. Which again is another reason why you should dip through the book first and know what you want to build. Otherwise, you might find that you, you won't be able to build the operative that you really wanted in your missions. Um, what I also really like, so obviously it, it goes through, to, whilst we talk about that, you've got all your data sheets in here for all your pathfinders and your um, and your sister units, um, all nicely cleared and laid out. I do like, I really like that Kill Team is using a different mechanic now to normal 40k. Uh, I, I think that's that's such a better change for the for the system. Um, it gives you uh, a sample lot of equipment for for both warbands, um, your own battle honors, your own rare equipment and strategic assets, and they're all very much in line with what you would expect from that army. Um, for example, the sisters gain access to faith, um, to, not not quite miracle dice, um, but they get faith points. Um, which you can then use to kind of auto hit or adjust to hit roll, um, you know, make a save, stuff like that. Which um, I think is different from that wasn't in the compendium. Oh, was it not? Starts, no, I don't. I don't think faith was in the compendium. No, it's not. So, so the, the compendium ones were very watered down, basic ones. Each of these kill team boxes that comes out is basically the full rules for that kill team. Yeah, that's very yeah. good. Yeah, you've also got two. Um, spec ops um specific um uh what's the word i'm looking for that you can they can assign yeah to, to to your kill teams as well um which i thought was really really good um the tau because obviously the tau like their drones i like how you can gain access to drones obviously they, they cost points um but to kind of balance them they really rely on artificial intelligence so it's kind of closest models that they don't feel like they're going to be overpowered in games of kill team. Um, you still have stuff like savior protocols as well. Sorry, Dave, you see the cost point. Obviously points aren't a thing in kill team, but you'd pick drones in place for another operative then. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, cause you've got, so you've got 12 pathfinder operatives selected from the following list and they include um, your drones yeah um so uh yeah i think there was cool. a limit on the number of drones you could take in the compendium um obviously like you can't take a whole army of drones but i think they get a new kind of um, specialist in this uh, the drone controller is that right i think there's a drone controller in there yeah you do get a little guy um he's got bits on the the upgrade sprue he's he's really cool looking as well he's kind of leaning back with like this remote control <laughs> um which is really cool um i, I saw on um twitter the other week there was uh kill team event up at warhammer world we did like a one day kill team sort of thing and um i think it was steve wren took a bunch of pictures of like the different kill teams and stuff and there was um a tau pathfinder one with i think it had like two or three drones but it had the the really big one with the burst cannon on it the recon drone yeah yeah Yeah. and and that looks super cool super super that comes in this box i think doesn't it dave it does. Yeah, you get the full Pathfinder sprue. So you get, um, you've got uh, enough bits in here to make like the recon drone, the grav inhibitor drone, and the other Pathfinder specific one, which the names completely eluded me. The, um, the, the pulse accelerator. Oh, yeah, pulse accelerator. That's it. Yeah, grav inhibitor, pulse accelerator, and the recon drone. But you have got rules in here for the shield drones, the marker drones. I don't think you you might get one or two of those on the sprue i can't remember but you definitely get the three specific um pathfinder ones that came out 
Right. You don't get any 40k rules, do you, for these? Uh, no, there's, there's in this book there is no 40k rules. No. Now what Warcom did is they put an article online which gave you a free downloadable data sheet for the sisters, really high quality as well. I don't know if okay. you guys have checked it out. Yeah, you can literally a... print it and slide it in your sister's book. Which is a really um, nice way of doing it, rather than locking that data sheet in this. And let's face it, £105 is a lot for this box if you just want those sisters. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering how they were going to manage, because obviously we've just had a sister's book. And I was thinking, you know, they can't, they're not going to be another sister's book for a long time. They've already had their crusade sort of supplement as well. Uh, you know, the campaign supplement. How are they going to add these units to the codex? And right, that's how they've done it then. It's an mm. easy way of doing it. But on the same war compost, they basically said, look, Tau are out in January. You're going to get your profile in there, which again, it's yeah, yeah. a lot more kind of foresight than we've had in the past, maybe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, like like the sisters, you, you then go on with the Tau, and you've got all their data sheets, all their equipment, requisitions, and their own unique um, special operatives. Um, something that kind of raised. I know your eyebrow in particular, Matt, was that this book was going to contain some advanced terrain rules, mm. which to, to this point of the book, um, if you were interested in Town Sisters, fine. If you had no interest in Town Sisters, uh, to this point, there's no reason to buy this box um, because all the content so far has been focused on those two kill teams. You do have sort of, I think it's just two pages um, of terrain rules which are pretty basic. So uh, in Octarius, it's, I don't it's think... It's worth saying that they are, they, they, these rules are not in Octarius. So while no. I say the basic rules, you don't have the rules for doors in Octarius. You don't have the rules for the higher vantage points with different rules as well. So no. currently, if you want a physical copy of those rules, you have to buy the Chalnath box. Yeah, which I think hurts mm. a lot because they're literally, they're literally a paragraph... Um, okay, the ruined buildings one is a, a little bit more. Um, uh, it goes into a little bit more detail, but like for doors and hatches, they're, they're literally a paragraph. Um, I, I feel sorry for sort of kill team players having to who want to use their sector imperial scenery or mechanicus or whatever to play games a kill team to have to buy this book. Hopefully, they'll make them available in the starter box maybe um or... yeah i mean what they've done in the past for these kind of games is bring out a annual every year compiling all the rules they did one for blackstone they did one for kill team previous editions where they mm. compile all that stuff together in a single book that'd be good um mm. but yeah that's I, I i like this box the two marks against it is lack of core rules i think just an extra rule book in there it's great if you picked up octarius and then you pick up this and split it with your friend you've then got two rule books you can both have one where really you haven't got that and i don't think it'd be a massive addition to throw that in the box the other bit is the um yeah the, the scenery rules that aren't in octarius does sting a little bit other so, than that it's a decent box though isn't it yeah and and you think about like with 40k as well i was having a look through the um, 2021 chapter approved earlier on and you've got all the basic rules for 40k they're like throwing the rules out for 40k in every kind of book um so yeah it's a shame that he's not done that with with kill team just, just to, to wrap up this book um there are a few pages of um different missions and um, this is called the shadow operations mission pack um and it's really themed around uh, Chalnef around these ruined buildings that you get in the box, but you can use whatever um, kill teams you want. 
Um, I do really like them. They they look really thematic. They look really fun to play. It shows you um, on the deployment page exactly how those pieces of scenery should be laid out. So it's important to note at this point uh, that the set to Imperial scenery that comes in here is obviously all modular. You could mix and match it with your own terrain collection. However, if you want to play the missions within this book, you would need to build them as they are in the box art. Um, otherwise, you might have to make some changes um but it's quite precise in its kind of layout with the scenery as it is on the box art um yeah yeah, we when we played through the octarius box jay i think that was a a positive that they factored in the scenery layout into the missions and i guess if you pick up this box you're playing kill team with it you can build those scenery pieces as per the box and still use them in games of 40k if you're picking up this box just for the scenery arguably you're best just buying the scenery kit and building it how you like aren't you absolutely yeah i think i i like having set scenery layouts because it means what when they're writing the mission they've got all those variables locked in haven't they yeah, and sometimes that's the hardest part about having a game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Deciding yeah. how to set the scenery. Especially for such a narrative-driven game as well, uh, with attackers and defenders and stuff. Um, it just it just makes sense to have that. Um, and then only one thing um, that I was just going to add, the last couple of pages of the book are dedicated to um, pages that you can get photocopied and printed. And I love the fact that they're so like themed towards the Tower and the Sisters. Um, it's a really nice touch. You've got... Like, um, data cards for each of your individual operatives and then an overall sort of big sheet for your your kill team as a whole um which i thought was really really fun um but that kind of wraps up the book so yeah i i, I agree with you matt it's, it's a really nice box however you've really got to have an interest in one or both of the factions um i think splitting it is probably the best way to go because if you just wanted the the tau content, for example, you you're paying a hundred and was it hundred and five pounds? pounds, yeah. For for a, an old Pathfinder's kit with an upgrade spree for some buildings and a game board in this book, um, that's quite that's quite an outlay. Um, but the missions do look really really fun. Um, and and like you said, Matt, I hope they put them in like an annual so kill team players that have got no interest in these kill kill teams if they skip this box they'll still be able to play through at some point in the future yeah and i think it's safe to assume that 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 pathfinder team with the upgrade sprue will probably get reboxed as the standard pathfinder team when the new tau codex comes out because then obviously they've got those additional uh releases in there for the sisters yeah. i think we'll probably see that released with kill team branding like they're releasing the commandos and the death core yeah yeah do we do we like this kind of for for adding these new units to kill team having these big boxes do we think it's a good thing i i mean is your mileage may vary i quite like this because look we we kind of play as a group don't we there's 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 four of us plus some other people that we know generally speaking between us i mean i i've got sisters of battle army you've got some sisters haven't you jay you've got a tower army you've got a tower army as well dave so between us there's players of all those different armies now, mm. not all groups will be the same. If you, if it's just you by yourself, arguably, I'd say you're better off with Octarius because it's got the core rules in there. Um, yeah, it's a. I mean, there's another side of it is that people who maybe want to collect the different units, having a big box that can be wrapped and put under the Christmas tree is a big draw. When I was a kid, I quite liked back boxed kind of games 
was how I'd normally get my miniatures because you haven't got a disposable income to just buy a random box of miniatures. So it'd be a once a year, this is a Christmas present kind of thing is potentially the angle for this one as well. Mm. And, we, we, you know, these things will be released separately. It's just a question of time. You know, will it be, you know, a, a few months or um, could it be could it just be a matter of weeks? So it, it's a nice box. It, it's, it's a great box. It's a shame they've kind of built it as a, um, like you say, open up the box and play, but not include the rules to play Kill Team. Um, that, that's the real sort of downside. But, um, but yeah, uh, a nice box. Um, our thanks again to Games Workshop for for sending us a copy to review. Um, and again, I will put the link in the, the podcast notes so you can check out the full written review uh, at your leisure. We're coming towards the end of this week's show, but we do have one final segment to go through, so we'll be right back. It is the final segment of this week's show, and it's time to read out the community top three picks. So heading over to Facebook, Mark Dewhurst's third choice was the Warhammer Day, the Warhammer Day sale. Use my Warhammer Plus gift voucher to get nearly fifty pounds off Dominion as a Christmas present for myself. Merry nice. Christmas, Mark. That's um, a real good way of spending that voucher. Um, I hope we, all, I hope you guys all spent yours. Did indeed, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I got some. Adipus Astartes Aeronautic Imperialis cards. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, his second choice was Shadow Throne for the um, connotations of Gene Steel the Call on Terror. Um, I mean, we've all mentioned that um, to make for an interesting story arc for sure. And his top choice was Dungeon Ball for the nostalgia. Josh Upton also went for Dungeon Ball, but that was his third choice. His second choice was Warcry Red Harvest. And his first choice was Jakati Khan. After listening to Warhawk, the model really lives up to how he's described. Exactly what you said, Jay. Um, it's such a superb model. Uh, finally, Simon Nichols. Um, he goes for Black Powder's Buccaneers as his third choice. His second choice is the Red Gobbo. And his top choice was Warcry Red Harvest. Uh, Matt, what do we have over on Twitter? Well, Average Paint says the Warcry scenery, never played it, but the terrain is fantastic. The Khan and Knife Monkey, obviously. Uh, Ruth Eames says Spider Dude take all three top spots for me. I don't play Warcry. Do have some unmade, unmade Corvus Cabal and My Eye on the Shadow Stalkers, but I'll guess, definitely get Tarantulus's Brood at some point. The scenery also looks super cool. Pete Allison says the Pirate Ogre, the Khan, and number one, Monkey with a knife. <laughs> Adrian Hurst says a dungeon bowl. Good to see it back. I with the little tease about a dragon. I really hope we get a dragon for it. Uh, Warhammer Underworld's pirate ogres. Jaunty pirate music made it for me. And uh, number one, Shadow Throne. Cool trailer. Cool setting. Looks awesome. And finally, Claude Savagely says the Shadow Throne box set. The Khan. A number one. The tease that there's more Horus Heresy to come. Excellent. Some really good choices. Uh, that leaves the question, Matt. What is next week's top three? Well, obviously, we've got the Red Gobbo and, and uh, Bouncer hopping onto the stage next week. So I want to know your top three limited edition minis. 
Oof. You can get your choices in early via social media, or you can hang fire until the Sunday or Monday when we normally pop a little tweet or message out on Facebook or Twitter um, to ask for your top three. Just pop your reply on there. That would be grand. Well, gentlemen, um, I will see you all on the battlefield on Sunday um, as we'll be taking part in the tournament. Well, Andy, unfortunately, not not your good self, but we will see you there, won't we? Yeah, yeah, I'll still be there. I've got I've got a reputation now for going to P- PSU events and uh, not playing. So. <laughs> I'll um, yeah. I'll let you roll one of my dice, one of my charge dice, if you want. Well, uh, it depends. Do you want to roll a one? Yeah. Uh, we'll have a full, full lowdown as well, won't we, in the next show of how we got on. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, it should be an interesting hobby update. Hopefully, one of us will come away with a prize. Um, fingers crossed. So yeah, look forward to talking about all that next week. Uh, until then, have a great week of hobby, and we'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruceandbrews.com and if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruceandbrews or head over to facebook.com forward slash spruceandbrews. <laughs>